Welcome to Dean at Stumps, Zimbabwe's only weekly cricket podcast presented by Dean Duplessis. We bring you up to date with all the ongoing fixtures domestically and on the international scene. We profile players, both current and former, and tell you all you need to know in the world of cricket. Yes, indeed, we do just that. And a very big thank you to Ross Brownie Walker for the brand new imaging. Thank you very much indeed, Ross. That sounds absolutely magnificent. Now then, uh, let's get straight into the meat and potatoes, shall we? Because there is quite a bit to get through. We're going to be hearing from Ryan Bull, who will be talking about that incredible innings that he played in the third and final T20 international between Zimbabwe and Bangladesh. And of course, it was Zimbabwe who won that one by 10 runs, which then also meant that Zimbabwe won the series by two games to one. This, of course, is the first time that Zimbabwe have won a T20 international series against a test-playing nation, against Bangladesh, as well as at Harare Sports Club. So a lot of very, very good records. Then we're going to be hearing from Reggie Chakava, who is the stand-in captain for Zimbabwe, because Craig Irvin is unfortunately struggling with a very, very persistent hamstring niggle. So Reggie's will be taking over as captain as Craig Irvin rests up for these three one-day internationals. And then we'll be catching up with Zimbabwe's former test opener, now commentator Tino Mawoyo, who will be sharing his views on the recently concluded T20 series, as well as the upcoming one-day international series. Let's first of all hear from Ryan Bull. Ryan, thank you very much indeed um, for having a chat. I, I'd like you just to first of all reflect on what is undoubtedly a very crucial series win because um, it's the first time you've beaten Bangladesh in a T20 international series. It's the first T20 international series win at Harare Sports Club and it is the first T20 international series win against a test-playing nations. It must be very satisfying for you. Uh, thanks for having us, Dino. Good to chat to you again. Um, I think, you know, obviously in the moment it was, you know, the emotions were really high on the day um, and we were just so enthralled and just so happy. Um, and, and it was quite nice that we've obviously had a day off uh, to reflect um, and just to kind of sink it all in because, it just, you know, it all just happened so fast um, in the moment. Um, and like you said, that being the first T20 series win against a full member, um, we we obviously over the moon. But there's a lot of big cricket coming up ahead, um, and you know Dave has just reassured us that we need to keep our heads down, um, keep working because you know we don't want the, the, the train to stop rolling. We want to keep going, keep looking forward, bigger things to come, and yeah, really really excited. One of the things Dave Houghton also mentioned is that he doesn't just want it to be a successful 11. He, he wants to have a squad, an entire squad, which, which is capable of delivering the goods. So if a player gets injured or whatever the case may be, that the next one can step in and fill the gap. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, I really do back what, what Dave said. There, there, there is a, we do have a squad of, you know, maybe 20 that we can shuffle around sort of thing. Um, and as you've seen, the, ch- the, the changes between Bulawayo and Keanu Rari, we've changed the team quite a few times. Um, obviously, guys have got some niggles. Some guys just want to get rested. Um, you know, there is obviously a lot of cricket coming forward. So it's important that we're bringing the best out of everyone and, and everyone's, you know, rearing to go. I noticed that you didn't bowl as much in the series against Bangladesh. Any reason for that? I think it was just, you know, obviously we, we, we didn't quite have the ideal matchups. Obviously, Bangladesh have got quite a few lefties and stuff like that. And we've obviously got a few left on off spinners. Um, and then, 
you know, obviously uh, genuine Rhino spinners, you know, Raza and Wesley and stuff like that. So it was all about matchups. Um, obviously, the matchup, the captain at the time just didn't quite require it. So it's fine. Um, obviously, I will, I will be needed in, 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 you know, games to come. So I will put my hand up when, when I do need to. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay, we better talk about 34. You're going to be surely your 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 uh, back, your the shirt on your back will maybe become 34 now because that was unbelievable. I'd like you to please talk us through every single ball and the thought processes that were going through your mind, as well as watching the captain and seeing how he had to change the field accordingly. First of all, just tell us: is it a conscious decision that you made that this was the over that I'm going to go big, or was it just the a uh, situation of you picking every ball and, and playing it on its merit? Um, no, I mean, it kind of gives me goosebumps just thinking about it then, but uh, looking back at it, um, it was, you know, the ball before the over started, I actually saw the captain, uh, you know, kind of speaking to Nasum, saying, you know, you're going to be on. So I saw him warming up and I just said to myself, I can't wait, you know, left arm off spinner, you know, I faced, you know, 10, 15 balls, it's my time to go. Um, so I was kind of hoping that uh, Jongwe at the time didn't get a single. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be at the non-striker's end. So I was really pleased that I was facing the first ball, and it was my matchup. You know, like we always talk about these matchups: yeah. left arm off spinner turning into left-handed batter. And I did say to myself, "Look, I've got to go here." Um, at the time, I think it was kind of a do-or-die uh, moment in the game. You know, we either just settle in and you know try and go at the back end of an innings and maybe get 130 or make a difference then and there and I just decided that I need to flick the switch and you know if you don't try you never know so going back thinking about it first ball he obviously bowled it right in the slot and I was actually really surprised because I, I wasn't really expecting him you know to just put it in the slot I thought maybe it would go a little bit quicker back of a length but no he went in the slot um, and you know kind of easy pickings really going straight down the ground um, and then obviously the, the captain and a few guys congregated and I just thought, you know, next ball, there's no way he's going full. He's definitely going to be going shorter yeah, and a little bit quicker. So I sat back on the back foot and plumped him over a deep square leg. Um, and really from then on, it was just gun hoag, you know, all guns blazing. So third ball, I think a um, little bit similar, waist high, um, opened up, you know, that, that cow corner region, which I love so much. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, fourth ball, um, again, he was always going to fire it short, and I, I, I think I, I put him over deep square again. Um, and at that point, I was thinking, you know, surely he's going to be firing in one full, trying to go in the block hole so I can't get underneath him. So I did sit a little bit deeper, um, and in fairness, he did bowl it quite full, and that was the one that was probably six inches short of being a six, you know, straight down the ground. Now, I wish Chung had kind of maybe given a bit of a blow or a whiff so, and the non-strikers to help it go over for six, but I mean, I'll take 34. Um, and then the last ball, obviously, um, I was expecting him to go again a little bit fuller, um, but this one, he went a bit wider outside off and um, probably uncharacteristic like of me, you know, hitting a six over, over extra, but no, I'll take it. Um, yeah, very happy with the result, Dean. But I mean, the, the thing is, that's what happens when, you, when you're on a roll, isn't it? You, you suddenly start to play shots that you wouldn't normally play. Yeah, 100%. I think you're, you, you're the clarity of the thinking and all that, you, you just got to kind of stay calm in the moment um, and just, yeah, just enjoy it as, it as it comes and it is what it is. You know, you kind of, it's, it's so hard to describe because you're just in the zone, you're yeah. just in that zone. And, Unless you're really in it, it's hard to describe it. Eh? Now, 
If a situation like that were to present itself in the upcoming One Day International series, where obviously this is 50 over cricket, so you can still be positive, but I guess you have a slightly more measured approach. But if an opportunity presented itself, would, would you be, you know, would you, would you still take it on and do something similar again? Um, I, I, I don't think I'll probably be going that hard, Dean. I won't be looking to, sh- to hit 34. But um, I mean, like. It, it all depends, again, on matchups and the position in which the team are in. Um, if we've got wickets in hand, you know, and we're coming in at the, at the deep end of the innings where we're looking to go after them, then definitely I'll be looking to go hard. But, you know, often, you know, we have found that, you know, if you are, you know, maybe 100 for five or something like that, where the team needs me to dig in and, and put a long, long innings, then that's obviously what's going to be required. But it all depends on, um, I think, the, the moment and the, the position which the team is in. Has the mindset changed now from wanting to be competitive to I do believe that we can even now in the 50-over format that we can actually go out there and win games? Oh, 100%. I think, you know, as sportsmen, you, you don't ever look to just pitch up and, and, and compete. You, you're always wanting to pitch up and win. Every sportsman that goes out to play there, I think, I believe that's got to be their mindset, especially at this level. So we're looking to win every game we play. Um, no, no doubt about it. No questions asked. That's it. We're here to win. You're listening to the Dean at Stumps podcast. You most certainly are, and what a fantastic contribution that was by Ryan Bull. 54 of 28 deliveries, which included two fours and six sixes. Normally you would say six fours and two sixes, but the ball striking of uh, Ryan Bull was absolutely unbelievable. Magnificent ball striking, and it's not the first time that he's done that. We've seen him do it against Shakib Al-Hassan in Bangladesh back in 2019. He did it against Rashid Khan last year as well against Afghanistan. So it's something that he is very, very familiar with and does it with some form of regularity, especially in the T20 format. All right, so unfortunately, from a Zimbabwe perspective, they're going to be missing two very key players, Craig Irvin, the captain, out with... Another one of those very annoying hamstring niggles that he continuously struggles with. And Sean Williams, who has been granted leave by Zimbabwe Cricket to attend to uh, personal matters. Well, I was lucky enough to catch up with the stand-in captain, wicketkeeper batsman, Reggie Chakhavva. Well, Reggie, let me first of all start off by congratulating you. Congratulations on a series win. But uh, also many congratulations. You're going to be captaining Zimbabwe, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, will be the first time in your career. That must be very, very awe-inspiring. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, definitely a huge honour and uh, I'm sure a challenge as well. But, you know, one that I'm, I'm looking forward to. Unfortunately, as I said earlier, you know, losing Craig is, uh, is a big one for us. But... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, you know, just from my own personal point of view, it's a, it's a big honour for me to, to be leading the side. I guess the whole thing of losing Craig Irvin uh, messes quite severely with in terms of your left hand, right hand combination that, that you seem to be, uh, you know, or that the team seems to be focusing quite dramatically and, and quite nicely as well. Yeah, look, uh, obviously, you know, losing Craig is, is, you know, the senior most guy in the side and, uh, we we'll obviously have to to look at how our squad is like, and you know who's going to be coming in for him. Obviously, an opportunity for for somebody else coming in, you know. And 
I can't say it's messing up with, with the left-right combinations per yeah. se. You know, ultimately, at the end of the day, we, we have to adapt and change as we need to, and that's what we'll be looking to do. So what does this mean now? You've been opening the batting uh, in the, the T20 format. Does this mean that you'll be sliding down the order just to give the, the, the middle of the, of the order a little bit of stability, or do you still see yourself at the top of the, of the innings? Uh, I think we'll make a final call tomorrow, you know, with the coach and uh, and see what we really want to do. But uh, I don't suspect that I'll be changing anything. I guess the nice thing about this, Reggie, is that you've been in the system for a long time. You've played under quite a few captains with their own unique styles. Some are very almost I, 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 like tentative, waiting for things to happen. Others are quite uh, wanting, you know, the captains who like to make things happen. I know you were asked this question in the press conference, but are you, you know, do you like to normally start off quite attacking with your two slips in a gully uh, and, and wait, you know, sort of be in, in, in the face of the batter, so to speak, or are you one of those slightly more conservative captains? I think, you know, obviously we'll see on the day exactly what we're facing with, with the wicket and, and all of that. Um, you know, on any given day, you want to be as attacking as you can be, you know, because we want to get wickets, we want to stop the runs. And so it's just a matter of seeing what's, what the best way of going about it is on the day. And uh, we'll see how that is tomorrow. On a lighter note, do you know how many previous guys have kept, wicket keepers have, uh, wicket keeper batsmen have captain Zimbabwe? I mean, there's Andy Flower, Tatenda Taibu, Brendan Taylor. Uh, and now you're going to be another one. It, it seems to be quite a trend here in Zimbabwe, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I'm obviously, you know, honoured uh, to, to be given the, you know, uh, that uh, title for this series. And, uh, and so it's a huge honour for me again. Um, yeah, it seems to have been a bit of a trend, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, again, uh, I think for me it's just uh, something of being a big honour for me and, you know, just the responsibility that I'll cherish. And, and, and it seems to me that, and I, I know I asked this to Ryan Bull in a previous uh, interview as well, but the concept of just wanting to be competitive has now changed. The mindset has now changed and, and it seems to me that there's a lot more belief in we're not just going to be competitive, we can actually win games again. Yeah, I mean, for sure, you know, we... We know that we've we've always had the talent, we've always had the skills, you know, and um, it's been really nice, you know, playing with that really positive mindset, and you know, just we've always had that belief, and for sure, you know, we've had some tough times, you know, but we've also had some good times just recently, and so we'll be working hard, you know, uh, as much as we can to to make sure that we try and get those good times uh, going for longer. I'm very happy to say that I'm now joined by former Zimbabwe test opener, now commentator Tino Mawoyo. Tino, nothing nicer than having a podcast in the garden as the sun goes down. Indeed, Dean. <laughs> and um, uh, ahead of what I hope is a really, truly exciting and memorable one-day series against Bangladesh, I think looking at the poor performance of the boys and the last three matches has been good. I think the confidence is up in the camp. 
And uh, yeah, I'm thoroughly looking forward to the next few days. Yeah, I think it's going to be very, very good. And goodness me, how amazing, isn't it? That the, the, and I know that I've focused quite, uh, quite a bit on this, but I think it is important to be focusing on it is the mindset has shifted, hasn't it? In a very short space of time after Zimbabwe were beaten and battered by Afghanistan and, and then also lost to Namibia. But in a short space of time, that has changed. So we're not necessarily expecting Zimbabwe to win the one-day series, but we wouldn't be entirely surprised if they did win a game. No, we wouldn't. And then you bring up a valid point. And I've mentioned this a few times over the last few weeks that, you know, even when Zim does lose, it's the manner in which they lose is, is what's my concern. So, I mean, take the second match, for example, 31 for five um, and ended up 135 on the board. The Zimbabwe of old would have been 31 for five and probably not past 80 or 90. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can say the same thing for the second game, I think 40 for five but still managed to get to 116. And I think the way Bangladesh chased down in that second game, I think they said to themselves, listen, if we can get 150, then um, we've definitely got a chance here. So, yeah, look, losing is not a bad thing. It's just the manner in which you lose. But the performances uh, throughout the last the last three games have been very impressive. Um, what did you make of, uh, you've, you've heard what Ryan Burl had to say, you heard of what Regis Shakab had to say, do you just hear the big smile on Ryan Burl's face? I mean, it's the second time that he's done that. Do you remember back, of course you do, you were in Bangladesh back in 2019 when he, he took 32 runs of Shakib Al-Hassan and he's done it again a couple of years later. He has, and it's not just against him, he did it in Abu Dhabi last year yeah. to Rashid Khan uh, against Afghanistan. So, um, look, it's interesting when you asked him if, um, you know, it was a conscious decision to say, is this the over that I'm going to decide to do this? And, and it certainly looks like it, it always is a conscious decision. Uh, last few overs to go and the ball's turning into him and he decides, you know what, I'm strong over mid-wicket, I'm strong over square and, and, and long on, and I'm just going to take it on. And I mean, he struck the ball cleanly and I just, uh, I felt a little bit for him after that fourth one because, you know, it was literally... Uh, well, it was the fifth ball, I think. It, yeah, was, yes. it was 10 centimetres away from being another six, you know, um, and probably the most difficult ball to try and get away for six in that over. So, I mean, it's amazing to get 34 in an over, but as you say, it's something that he does do. Um, and I think calculated. Um, it shows that he was thinking about it, ball turning into him. And I thought Nasumami to come round the wicket to him after, you know, the first couple of deliveries just made life a little bit easier yes, for him. Yes, it did. Uh, what I'd like to see more from Ryan Bull is... is Innings like that, a little bit more often. He's shown he's got the quality to do it, but um, just to see him do it a bit more often would be would be good for Zimbabwe. I, I sometimes wonder whether he, if I say doesn't understand, that's very, very harsh, but whether he sometimes isn't quite sure when to pull the trigger in 50-over cricket. I, I remember one of the games against Afghanistan, uh, you know, he was desperately trying to ensure that Zimbabwe batted out the 50-overs. But he was batting with the tail, and, and on quite a few occasions he turned down singles, if you remember. Um, now, in test match cricket, that's fine, or four-day cricket, that's all right. But in, in the, the shorter formats, you, you're wanting to score every single run that's, that's available, aren't you? You are, but you have to spare a thought for him because, yeah. you know, he comes in at a difficult time in T20 cricket. And, and even sometimes in, uh, in one-day cricket where he comes in quite early and we've lost... We've lost wickets. There's a long time to bat, and then he has to bat with a tail because he bats number seven more often than not. But I think slowly he's starting to understand his role. And I liked what he said about, you know, he had to, he realized it was, you know, then or never. Uh, and it worked out, and it kick-started his innings. It, you know, gave Jongwe the confidence at the other end as well to start playing his strokes. And that's what gave us the runs 
that uh, made sure that we had enough on the board. So, yeah, sometimes very difficult to uh, lower down the innings. And the thing is, if you give the single and, you know, you get your partner on strike and he gets out, then everybody turns around and says, well, he's the senior batter and why is he letting, mm-hmm. you know, a Absolutely. number eight or nine or yeah. maybe a number 10 in, in an instance, you know, you know, take strike. So it's a very difficult balance. Um, but, you know, I've, uh, what I've liked is the innings that I saw the other day. And like I said, I'd like to see many more. Um, one thing you mentioned quite regularly, and a lot of the, the modern cricketers keep talking about this, are matchups. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I wonder 15 or 20 years ago, do you think that that, well, that word certainly, or that terminology certainly wasn't coined as regularly as it is now. But I wonder maybe perhaps that you, you perhaps did see uh, batters and bowlers talking about uh, how, you know, I would prefer bowling to this batter because of X, Y, Z, or I'd prefer facing this bowler because of X, Y, Z. But is it really such an important thing to to be aware of these, these matchups? I certainly think so. Mm. And we'll just go back to that Ryan Bull innings. If he was facing a bowler who was turning the ball away from him, I don't think that he would have got 34 runs in that over. Right. He's very strong on the onside. Ball's turning into him. It's the last five overs in a T20. I'm going to go for it, Chuck, because I think, you know, I can get some runs. And that's what happened. So I do think matchups are important. And I think they've been there for a long time. But probably, as you say, the cliche matchups wasn't there. But you'll definitely find if there's a smaller boundary um, to the right-handers to the leg side, then they'll probably like to bowl the leg spinner or the slow left arm so that the ball's turning away from him, trying to hit the ball to the shorter boundary on the leg side and vice versa. So I think, I think it's been there. And I think it's important, especially in modern-day cricket, to be, to be aware of. I want to talk a bit about Luke Jongwe. This man has come along in leaps and bounds. In my opinion, you know, he, I remember him once having an interview back in, in uh, just, well, if you remember his uh, World Cup in 2015 was curtailed. He was hit uh, very, he got a very nasty, was it a bouncer uh, in, in a warm up game? And unfortunately, that was the end of, of the World Cup before it even started for him. Um, but, you know, he, he made a lot of statements as, a young, as young men do, talented young men do. He said he wanted to become a bowler who can bowl at 145 k's an hour. He wanted to play in every single T20 tournament around the world. And um, a lot of people feel that the statements that he made may possibly have slightly hampered his progression because you remember there was a time when he didn't make some of the franchise sides because he just wasn't in, in good enough form. But the last maybe year and a half, 18 months, have been very, very good to Luke. And we, we really have seen him uh, come along in great leaps and bounds and take massive strides in the right direction, haven't we? Yeah, he lost his way a bit um, after what was, you know, a very inspiring and, and good start to his career. Young, tip to take over from, you know, Elton Chugumbura at the yeah. time. But he's worked very hard to get back into the team. And I think that's what's also given him the success that he's had of late. Uh, in particular in this format, T20, if you go back to Pakistan here in Zim last year, he got four important wickets in the T20 to win the game, defending a low total at Sports Club. Did the same in, in, in a game in Ireland. I think it was a T20 as well. Got three important wickets, defending a low total. So, you know, he started to put in these kind of performances and not just with the ball, but with the bat as well. And he's known for being uh, an all-rounder. Uh, and, and I'm thoroughly excited by what I've seen from him. And he's a lot more mature than he has been and, and understands his roles and responsibilities a lot more. And if you look at his performances in franchise cricket now, contributing a lot more there. And um, yeah, I just hope that he can continue to grow in the mold that he's in. 
Um, and you can see that he's certainly going to be uh, one of the guys for the future who will be, you know, the mainstay of the team. I mean, he's never been an out-and-out quick bowler, but what uh, he may have lost a little of his pace than, you know, what he did when he was young and raw, but with that has come a, a certain amount of guile and, and nous to what he, how he goes about his business. Absolutely, and I think that's also the maturity yeah. that's coming into his game. Um, he's worked very hard on his variations. He's got a very good slow ball, two different kind of ones. He uses a slow ball bouncer, and he's not afraid to do it early on in, in the innings as well because he believes that, you know, if the wicket's going to be conducive to that, then why do I need to wait to use those variations, at, you know, at the end of the innings? So, I, I mean, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I was surprised that he, you know, came on so late in the second T20 because... Yes, I think he bowls well at the end, but you've got to make sure that he's bowling, you know, his four overs. I see no point in him being in the T20 side and, you know, only bowling, um, only bowling three overs, especially if we don't have uh, a Chatara, if we don't have a Muzarabani in the lineup. So yeah, I think I think um, he's worked hard on his game. He's maturing um, slowly but surely. Will be, you know, one of the senior guys on the side, and and we expect you know, more positive performances from him like we've seen so far. Do you think he's going to become a classic Elton Chikumbura, Sam Curran case where initially he started off as a bowling all-rounder, but as he gets a bit older, he may turn into more of a batting all-rounder? That's a good question, Dean. Um, it's tough to answer because at the moment, I think he's, his batting has improved a lot and he started to get some important runs for us. He got some runs in, in Bulawayo during the qualifiers in a, in a crucial game. Um, I think that was against the United States. Yes, it was. Um, but at the moment, I'd, uh, I'll put his bowling slightly ahead. Um, but I'd, I have no doubts in my mind that, you know, the, what I've seen from him and the improvement I've seen from his batting, that, you know, at one stage, those could very easily be neck and neck. Gosh, it's exciting from a Zimbabwean perspective. Ryan Burl and Luke Jongwe, and, and hopefully we'll see a, a couple of the other youngsters beginning to come through and stamp their authority as well. But uh, let's focus on the upcoming one-day internationals, three of them. Um, although there are no points on offer in terms of Super League, but they are very, very crucial just from a, a, a confidence perspective. But while Bangladesh have two very senior players in Mushfiqur Rahim, the wicketkeeper batsman, and, of course, Tamim Iqbal, uh, back in the side, um, it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how Zimbabwe cope with the loss of Craig Irvin and Sean Williams. Now, Craig Irvin is, is, is struggling with a, with a, a hamstring niggle, with something that he's always had though, hasn't he? And now Sean Irvin has been granted leave by Zimbabwe cricket to attend to some personal matters. That is a lot of experience gone, just like that. Indeed, I think that's easily 250 plus ODI matches. But I look at it in a positive way and think it's an opportunity for uh, you know some other youngsters to to get a chance and step up and and we saw Victor Nyauchi, we saw Brad Evans as well do the same in that last T20 international. There were lots of question marks whether they'll be able to um, carry the team in that team bowling department, and I thought both of them were fantastic in the work that they did. Um, Victor Nyauchi early breakthroughs with the new ball, and then Brad Evans, you know, with some really gutsy bowling in the middle part and some important wickets that really did set back Bangladesh. The important one of Mamdullah, as you know, once, you know, as long as Mamdullah's at the crease, you know, the change room's calm and you know, very seldom does he score at less than a run a ball. So it's an opportunity for other youngsters to get a chance, probably see Milton Shumba pushing up the order, 
Marumani. I expect Caetano will come back into the side, who had a pretty decent tour of uh, Sri Lanka during the the ODIs, and uh, didn't see a lot of him. Didn't see him at all actually against Afghanistan. There's Royka here as well, so you know it'll be a very lesser experienced batting lineup, but still lots of potential there, and and I think they'll be able to cope. Okay, so Zimbabwe are going to have to rely very, very heavily again on Sikandar Raza, but now not just from a form perspective, because arguably he may be in the form of his life, but now it's the experience that he brings to the middle order. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes in with Zimbabwe struggling at 30 for 3 in the 10th over. He's not necessarily going to be able to play the expansive game that has brought him the success in T20 cricket because there's no Craig Irvin, there's no Sean Williams. So now... Um, it'll be very interesting to see how the players bat around Raza and how Raza, an experienced campaigner himself, also deals with, with that situation. Yeah, I think he's been brilliant with you know, managing the situation of the game and where Zimbabwe have been over the last, let's say, 10, 12 internationals. Um, and he's just been you know, perfect in terms of playing for the team in terms of taking his time when he needed to and then stepping on the accelerator and, and getting on with things when he had to as well. So um, I've seen a huge improvement in his game in leaps and bounds and and you can see that some of that is brushing off on, on the youngsters. Um, I think definitely the two people to look out for in the middle order for Zimbabwe will be Wesley Madevere, who we saw runs from in the first game, and, and himself. So um, I think Raza's in a very good space at the moment. And uh, we hope that this form uh, continues for very, very long. Yeah, we do. But tell me about the, uh, the energy that people feed off one another. Now, I, I remember a lot of, uh, back in the day, a lot of people would feed off the, the very positive energy of Andy Flower. Uh, who did you feed off, Tino, when you played either for the Mountaineers or when you played for Zimbabwe? Was there, was there that player who you would bounce off, so to speak? <laughs> uh, Mountaineers... I opened the batting for the majority of my career with Bernard Mlambo, Um and we had a really good relationship. And you know, we enjoyed our time when we went out to bat. We were best friends off the field, um, and you know, you want to spend as much time as you can in the middle with your best friends. So that's probably why we had we had such a formidable opening partnership uh, for the Mountaineers and the national team again. It more or less became my opening partner in test matches, in particular Vusi Sabanda. And I guess that happens naturally because you've got to get to know your your partner, not just on the field, but off the field as well. Um, know what he likes, know his dislikes. Um, and that just makes your you know your partnership on the field of play a lot better. And I, it's interesting, Vusi and I said this to, to ourselves and to many other people, that Vusi and I never really used to get along. Um, you know, as part of the team, you know, he got on with what he got on with and I got on with my business. But we became a lot closer um, when we started to open together in Test Match Cricket. And actually, Amato Machikicho, who was the team physio for very, very long, mentioned the yeah. same thing. So I'd probably say, yeah, Mountaineers, definitely Bernard. Uh, Vusi Sabanda, Brendan Taylor, probably when I was playing Test Cricket. I tell you what, you, the names you mentioned, Vusi Sibando and Bernard Mlambo, both those two were amazing executors of the pull stroke, weren't they? They were. Oh. They were. And uh, <laughs> Bernard, Bernard reminds me a lot of when I was younger because I used to play the pull shot quite well. Yeah. Um, grew a lot older, started to face quicker bowlers, changed my technique and uh, 
uh, and I lost the pull shot. Um, decided that it's better to get under the ball or get out of the way. But yeah, they were both great exponents of the pull shot. And, um, you know, Bernard, it didn't matter if it's coming at 145 or 150. If the ball's short, then, you know, he's, he's going to get after it. Um, yeah, you bring back some good memories at, yeah. of being at the academy and um, in Highlands and Bernard pulling a few into, into the pond there on the far <laughs> side of the field. I remember it. I remember it so, so well. Now, <clears throat> realistically speaking, so Bangladesh, obviously, the, you know, they have some very, very seasoned campaigners in the one-day international series coming up. Uh, how would Zimbabwe find a way? Well, they have to play good cricket, I suppose. But, but the point is, um, when Bangladesh were here last year, Zimbabwe were, although they played decent cricket, they were actually comprehensively beaten in all three games. Do you think it's going to go the same way, or do you think Zimbabwe, because of the successes that they've had, with the World Cup qualifiers and as well as the series win in the T20 matches, does that now get transferred into the slightly longer format as well? Definitely. Um, I think the confidence, um, the enthusiasm, the camaraderie, the enjoyment I've seen around the guys, and not just you know over the last week or so, but going back to Bulawayo, etc., is something that will definitely carry them going into the one-day series. Uh, remember, one-day cricket, obviously a lot longer than T20 cricket, so they have to be uh, on the ball for a lot longer. And um, yeah, Bangladesh are much better uh, one-day side than they are a T20 side, so they'll come hard. Um, the senior players that you're talking about, Mushfiq coming to the side, Tamim, Mamdullah, um, wouldn't have enjoyed seeing, you know, from the sidelines, the team losing. So they'll definitely come in there with uh, a lot of hype and, and want to lead and show the way and, and make sure that those results are, are reversed. But uh, Zimbabwe is in a good space. And um, even with the loss of Craig and Sean and with due respect to them, they didn't get too many runs in the T20 yeah. series yeah. anyway. So the guys that have been getting runs and have been contributing are there. And, of course, we'll see, you know, a couple of the guys who were arrested in the series coming back into the side, and Garawa in particular, um, who was phenomenal, you know, with that 18th over with so many Yorkers in the right place and, and won the game for the team in that first game. So, uh, I think it's really, really nicely set up. Um, it's exciting, and, and I'm looking forward in particular to the first game tomorrow. Tina Moyo, it's always great catching up with you. Thank you very, very much indeed for your time. You've been listening to the D-Nut Stumps podcast. And uh, if you would like to contribute in any way, you are welcome to do so. All that you do is you reach out to my Twitter handle, which is at Dean underscore Plessis. And uh, you can uh, reach me on Twitter. And uh, it'll be great to hear from you because uh, any form of contribution towards the podcast would be greatly accepted. Hey, if you uh, maybe would like to share the podcast information with anybody else, you're very welcome to do so. Uh, don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast via your preferred podcast app. In other words, whether it's uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Overcast, you are welcome to subscribe. A fantastic, fantastic interview with Alan Donald is uh, the latest offering, well, before this one, of course. But thank you very much indeed for listening. Whatever you do, please uh, do it well and be safe. And uh, we'll be back very, very soon. Until next time, take care and goodbye. 
You've been listening to Dean at Stumps, Zimbabwe's only weekly cricket podcast, presented by Dean Duplessis. Join us again next week and catch up with all the action in the world of cricket.